Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go to There, 30 Rock Podcast, the weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. And welcome to episode 111, season 6, episode 8, entitled The Tuxedo Begins, originally airing February 16th, 2012. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. After Jack gets mugged, he decides that the rich are under attack and <laughs> and formulates a plan to get the city back on track where it should be culminating in him deciding to run for mayor. Meanwhile, after Liz gets sick and dresses up in an old lady costume for a sketch, she learns she learns that people in the city are very off-put by her appearance, meaning she can take advantage of getting free extra space on the subway and other perks. But after she learns how many norms she can break, she turns into the real villain of the piece. Finally, Paul and Jenna have figured out how to take their relationship to the next ultra-kinky level by going totally normal and doing lots of product placement. <laughs> and finally, Steve Buscemi gives us an iconic meme. Yeah, I think arguably probably the most popular one. I, I, I can't think if it's this one or if it's the It's Wednesday. I feel like the It's Wednesday is used more. I thought I, I was. I would say this one is is I more. Know. I see more often. I don't ever really see the It's Wednesday one. I feel like the Wednesday one is just like it's either like it's an automatic tweet that someone has set up to tweet out every Wednesday or something like that, or it's it's used when it's like, oh man, one week. And obviously, it's you know saying. Like, well, one has a whole subreddit devoted to it. So oh, okay, never mind. Stupid Shimmy wins. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, I re- this is one of those episodes like I remember, uh, but I don't remember like where it falls in the line of the series. But then I don't know. It feels like um, if you want a good example of, of why you would say Thirty Rock is like a live action cartoon, I feel like this is a good example of that because the characters that Jack and Liz are playing are definitely. I mean, obviously they're Batman and Joker, but they are over the top in their presentation then it's almost like okay no one in real life would act like this so it's it's on the barrier of being like a cartoon um but the thing is that they're hitting it too hard for me that it's just kind of like okay we get it like if you did not get that this is a batman joker christopher nolan batman reference we'll just spell it out for you which is fine it's whatever but it's not like the dark knight was like a niche movie that no one knew about you know that i don't know i feel like they didn't need to hit it as hard as they did but it's still fun it, it, it's a fun episode which is not a bad thing and i think honestly after the last few episodes it's kind of nice to have a little bit more of a i won't say return to form but just a little bit more out there kind of 30 rock episode because everything everything pre- everything previous to this has kind of been like bigger like it's it's been telling like a big story. This is a little bit more subdued for the most part. Uh, and then I like the idea that Jenna and Paul are so obscure with their sex that they think just acting normal is somehow a kink, which maybe it is. But it just it, it's funny that they've become full circle on their kinks that they just think like going shopping is sexy. Uh, anyway, thoughts. It actually would have been interesting if like. Being referenced to last week, like it, it, 
by the end of the episode, they decided to go back to, Paul Jen decided to go back to being more quote-unquote extreme. But actually, given last week's episode, it would have been funny if it would have, they would have, like, had a trip to Ikea. Like, <laughs> they would, they would even, they would even have to, like, show them there or anything like that. Just make a reference to how, like, basically they went to Ikea. And as a result of that, they decided to go back to the, to, yeah. to something else. Which, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, that could have been funny. Um, yeah, overall, I thought, I thought, I, th- I thought it was fine. Um, yeah. It was definitely like right, like you said, much more heavily like outlandishly comedic than some of the more recent episodes, um, and the, and they really pound, yeah. Because at first I was like, oh, this is a Batman Joker reference, right? And it was like, okay, like I have I don't really know anything about mm-hmm. Batman Joker or anything, and I, like I'm definitely getting it. So yeah. they they do definitely hit it hard by the peak of that storyline. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was decent, I guess. Yeah. No, I feel like we're kind of down on it, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I guess as, you know, I mean, like, there's always going to be, like, kind of a dud every now and again in a, in a series. So, I don't like, think this was a dud. I, mean, I don't think it's, means. I'm not saying this is a dud, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, you know, when you hit 100% every time, there's going to be one that's, like, just can't quite reach that level. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this was, like, a, a matter of, like, them sort of taking a chance on doing, like, a Batman parody or, or what, but... Which, you know, at the time was kind of strike while the iron's hot because Dark Knight Rises was around this time. So it makes sense, you know, cash in on it. But at the same time, like, they hit it so hard. And even like for you, who's someone who's not even casually into comics, like is not even in the fringe of comics, can get it. It's like, okay, well, I guess you're trying to make it mass appeal, but you're just doing it a little bit too much. Um yeah. The interesting thing, though, is on IMDb, this is the highest rated episode of the season outside of the live episode, I think, that comes towards the end. And I wonder, though, if it's because... I wonder if it's because of the Batman-Joker homage or if it's literally just because of the Steve Buscemi thing. Because, hmm. like, other than that, like... I, You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm curious, like, why why it would be held up i guess compared to because i mean it's it's yeah it's it's rated high, at least half a point higher than any episode of the season so far wow so, just curious hmm. that's interesting yeah so i was trying to figure out i was like my first impression was oh because people of the batman jokes i was like wait a second is it literally just because though of the fellow kids kind i mean, of way? i don't i mean it's a great joke and it's funny and yeah. obviously it's like an evergreen thing but I don't think that should weigh that heavily on the review. Well, that's what I'm like, saying. Like either way, like um, I'm, I was just interested. Uh, that is interesting to see that. Wow, really? Like it's the it's the highest one of the season outside of the live episode of, wow. that comes later in the season. Yeah. Huh. That's that blows my mind. Well, that's why I was wondering if there's something about the Batman Joker stuff that. Like I didn't like. There's just more nuance there that I didn't get because I'm not familiar with the source material. But I mean, even nuance or not, they hit it. They hit it really hard. To like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if too many fans. I don't. I don't. Anyway, uh, Cerise in here. We've seen her get like she's like one or two lines. So she's back. That's more than Danny. I was looking it up. Like Paul and Danny have the same amount of episode count. Like, oh really? Paul, a tertiary character. And Danny, who's supposed to be the next other star of TGS, have the same episode count. He's off doing his robot on the street. I, I guess. I guess TGS isn't paying enough, so he had to go back to work on that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. uh, but there's some... 
I mean, I kind of like Kenneth is in this episode a couple of scenes, but I kind of forget that he's in it. And Tracy. Oh, I, the, the, the line he does get is a good one. The, the about the yeah the yeah, funny that's, water balloons. That's really funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like again, it's it. I'm not saying it's a dud, and I'm not saying like it's a fantastic episode. It's just like you said, it's fun. Like it's an okay episode. It's not bad. It's not great. It's okay. Um, yeah. And uh, other thoughts before we. Hop in. Let's hop in. All right. Let's don our capes. It's time for 30 Rock. So the cold open is basically going to set up Liz and uh, Jack's storylines. They're essentially one or two plots. They're kind of the same plot, but they separate every now and again. But anyway. What? Clement, I'm going to be late for our meeting. I had to get out of my car and walk. Fifth Avenue was closed for a joint pain walkathon. It's only four blocks, but they are so slow. I'm running late, too. My subway ride was the standard amazingness. No, that's not how it works. Let people off first. Ah, otherwise. Trains going express for no reason. Am I the last one in this city still following the rules of being a person? You know what? New York is overrated. Three bucks, two bags, one me. Say, where does a young prostitute get started in this town? Overrated. Lemon, we live in the world's capital of culture, finance, and King Kong attacks. New York is a testament to man's greatness. No, New York is a testament to man's selfishness. I quote, she is a thug in a cocktail dress. Alex McCord, Real Housewives of New York. Give me your wallet. Now, technically, that was about Luann being a bitch at Sonia's art show. But, hey, you never let me talk about H-wives this long. Let's just get this over with. I don't know if Sonia's ever going to finish that toaster oven cookbook, but if she does, I am going to buy it. Maybe it's because I just watched the Prehensive City documentary on Netflix, but like Liz is Liz is very friendly Blitz in the opening scene with like the people around the city like being rude and not following mm-hmm. rules and is like is she the last person? Because I mean the framing point kind of that documentary is like is she the only person in New York who still like follows like the rules of like being in a city and mm-hmm. being like respectful or you know, or whatever around other people. So that was funny. That's funny. She goes. She goes from Fran Leibowitz to Joker over the course of the episode. This woman does. <laughs> That's a transformation. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I do like the joke about the um, the joint relief like marathon. Only like they're only going four blocks, but they can only go so. Like, why would you be participating then? Like, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a funny thing that like asks to. It, it also asks questions as to why is like why are they participating in something that's going to just cause them more joint pain yeah i have to say one of the smaller bits about this episode i did really like was how like the young woman like fresh off the bus mm-hmm. like plays off the whole like innocent girl in the big city but like no she she sings like a disney princess but she she is a prostitute and she's right. there to yeah. to do she's to partake in that yeah. business she's accepted her life already before going before you can get off the yeah. bus and then the callback they have at the end to it is yeah 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 cute so yeah. I thought that was a really good part, um, good uh, joke of the episode. Yeah. The uh, the cutaway gag there of Liz getting upset because no one's letting her off. It, it reminded me of um, like a, we we did the subways in New York, right? They, but they were we mm-hmm. only did it a handful of times. So we, we weren't usually weren't going during rush hour, so it wasn't too yeah. bad. Yeah, but uh, it made me think of how uh, the Japanese subway systems and trams were. You know, that you know people are very, like they line up in the queues and they definitely honor the people off, and then you get on like. 
and and I guess it's it's just one of those things that's instilled in their culture. So of course, obviously, it's a very respectful culture, but it's instilled in their culture. Trying to instill that now into like an American culture would be not chaos, but it would be like just an incredible amount of effort to get people to transition to that idea of just yeah, you wait until some until everyone's off and then you get on. I don't know. It's just it's it's kind of funny to think of just how frustrating people would like be upset. Like, you know there would be, like, a Karen out there that's just like, I gotta get on there somewhere. I got, I got kids. Like, it's just like... I mean, I think that in general, that's a big city, like, New York, yeah. regardless of... Yeah. I mean, right. I think that crosses all sorts of... But there would be, like, someone with, like, a doctor's note saying, I need to get on this right away, or some shit like that, just because. Just like, or, like, remember how, like, early in the pandemic, like, people wore the sign saying, I have a medical condition, therefore I could, like, where I guess kind of says, I have a medical condition, therefore I must... Did you... Whatever. I, mean, I don't have to worry about Whatever the action is to have my way, getting on or off the yeah. subway. I don't know. Silly. Silly, silly people. All right, so back at 30 Rock, uh, Liz is still complaining about people just not following the rules, which is kind of on brand for her. Have we had a story where... we? I mean, we definitely haven't had a story where she decides to just go all in on being, aka, or being, quote-unquote, the villain, but uh, we do know she's like a rule follower right so oh for sure this isn't like new ground for her but her I mean, her being the villain is new ground. she even buys music and where has that ever gotten her <laughs> oh i can actually feel myself getting sick am i the only person who saw obama's press conference on how to sneeze miss lemon the nbc gym sent this up for you oh what is that smell it's my gym bag pete women do sweat the gym said the odor was attracting bugs that were attracting bats that were attracting bat hawks also the gym is closed well don't worry i will wash my workout clothes because i actually care how my behavior affects other people unlike the d-bag who let the elevator door close on me this morning <laughs> it was funny because you were so mad Boy, when I move on to my new job, I'm sure gonna miss you two and your whole Sam and Diane thing. Uh, Sam and Diane are the lesbian couple in my building who murdered each other. Is this my costume for the commercial parody? It's in my contract that I only play blondes, non-Irish redheads, or bald sex robots. Look, it's just for the old lady before picture. People won't even know it's you. Well, then have Liz do it. She already has the frown lines. There, there they are. How funny, I was just talking about them and there they are. As always, I will step up and help. Because without people like me, civil society collapses completely. Oh, don't be so dramatic. That's my thing. And if you take it away from me, I will kill myself. And then you. <laughs> it's nice to know the work in a Cheers plug. Because, you know, NBC and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Now on Peacock. <laughs> yeah. No longer on Netflix. Oh. Yeah. Man, Netflix are bumming me out. They're pulling, they're pulling things that... Well, they're not the well. I know the licensors yeah. are, but still, like it's one of my favorite anime. That they they never even got to show the entire series on Netflix because for whatever reason they didn't put the whole thing up. But it's leaving at the end of this month, and then another one's leaving in mid March. And it's just like, man, I don't know. But anyway, we knew the day was coming, but still, you don't. You no, know, just have to try to. No, I'm not. Para, nope. Paramount. Plus Discovery, I'm not plus subscribing to anything CBS else. plus it's Peacock minus Premium, etc. It's it's too much anyway. Yeah. So there's a visual joke in there. I guess this must have been around the time that people were seeing Jesus in the toast or whatever. Because oh. Liz sneezes into her after Liz sneezes into yeah. her arm. It's like a I don't know, just like a, a, a 
what do you call it? like a not a mock-up but basically yeah. jesus Just, yeah. jesus is the, the, the is the, the form that snot has taken yeah. in her sleeve i th- i guess it is jesus i just thought it was like her i mean it makes more sense that it's jesus but i guess it, i thought it was just like her imprint but that doesn't make much sense because how would this how would it make her imprint but yeah, yeah. no you're right remember that when people were seeing jesus and things it probably still happens it's just not as widely reported on because yeah. i mean yeah no it was just a, it was just a yeah no it definitely is yeah um, there's always like toast or something like that. And there's something also about the the line that Jenna has of like, I'm gonna, like I don't, I don't know why she's pushing it so hard, but she's like Liz is the one with the frown lines, and then you see Liz's face. Like there they are. They're, the thing I was just talking about. There, I don't. Know, for some reason, that's so funny to me because it's like it's over explaining the your joke to someone who is already there and experiences. Like why are you over? I don't know. It's it's funny to me, but at the same time, it's like. What is that the joke? Uh, it's just like just want to make sure you get it. I guess, but it's just like there they are. The thing that I was talking about right now, you're you're doing. Well, see, she was just giving a random example, and then it just it just manifested itself in front of them. So, <laughs> but she's so adamant about like, see, there it is, there it is. Like, she wasn't making like, it up. Jenna's a truth teller. That's true. Uh, meanwhile, in Jack's office, Jack shares the story of his mugging, and also Tracy there. Oh, I'm sorry we're starting so late. I know we're all very excited to adjust the TGS schedule to accommodate Tracy's next movie. I won an Oscar, so now I get to do real art. Begin Snow Dogs fame. Oh, there was a lot of traffic, and uh, I was attacked in a construction tunnel. Anyway, uh, this spreadsheet is the current schedule. Wait, you got mugged? Oh, I shouldn't hug you. I'm sick. This lamp is you. Ow! Ha! That sucks, Shady. I got mugged all the time growing up in the Bronx. Okay, I got in trouble the last time I said this, but maybe you were asking for it dressed like that. I wasn't wearing a tuxedo at the time, Lemon. The mugger took my cufflinks. All I have here are tuxedo cufflinks, and I'm not about to wear them with a suit and look like an idiot. Give me the bad news. How black was this dude on a scale from Lisa Bonet to Dot Com? This is the thing that's bothering me. My assailant was a middle-aged white man wearing a button-down shirt and dockers. Dockers? Not some drug addict or gang aficionado. His knife was from Eddie Bauer. Oh, my God. That means... Please interrupt me. This is a sign. The lower classes are getting cranky about the rich earning all of their money away from them. Can't they see this is in their best interest? How could we pay their salaries without using their money? We're on the verge of a class war. There's no class war. You getting mugged just proves what I said to you on the phone. New York is a selfish filth monster, and eventually it gets all of us. It's Ghostbusters 2 all over again. No. My getting mugged was New York doing what she does best, calling a great man to action. It's the original Ghostbusters all over again. My attack was a wake-up call. The rich need to defend themselves. I don't know, Jack. You can try to change New York, but it's like Jay-Z says concrete bunghole where dreams are made up there's nothing you can do are those real lyrics concrete bunghole no no it's concrete jungle concrete where dreams jungle. are made of okay. but it's the sort of like miss her lyric that it's like it's the sort of thing is you could hear it as that yeah. if you okay. weren't listening closely and like that's why so that that line is so funny because it's like i don't know like i totally picture like liz lemon like randomly hearing that song and like that's what she hears because she's not really paying <laughs> that close right. attention yeah and it fits her narrative right now. So exactly. Yeah. Um, 
I like the joke that she has to like pause before she says it. She's like, I know I got in trouble the last time I said this, but maybe it was because of what you were wearing. It's like, okay, well, what have you said in the past, Liz? Slut shamer, Liz. I mean, <laughs> racist, xenophobic, what? Uh, slut shaming. Yeah. I mean, what else is there? You know, rich, rich shaming. I mean, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, man. This is, but this is all, like the whole Jack storyline here is like, it's not a problem until it happens to me. Like, obviously, mugging is something that happens a lot uh, in a big city, regardless. But he never took notice and was not going to do anything about it until it happened. Well, because now rich people are being targeted. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's even more surprising that um, that uh, it was a white guy and it was a well-dressed white guy as opposed to, like, what Tracy was expecting it to be, you know, an African-American there's, I mean, that's a, that's a fun subversion of that, like, letting Tracy be the one to deliver the line of how black was he, and also, like, that it wasn't a black guy, that it was, that was a seemingly uh, middle class. It was a middle-aged white guy. Or middle-class white guy, yeah. Uh, Do you see a thing with, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was AMC, but I feel like the, the headline said theaters uh, are fearful that if they adopt the $15 minimum wage that they'll go out of business, and, like, part of me is, like, and that sucks because people will be out of jobs, but at the same time, it's like you survived the pandemic. I think you'll be able to survive a fifteen dollar. Yeah. Well, I mean, the point, it's, um, it's not like it's it's not like it's a go straight from whatever you're paying out at fifteen dollars. Like right. it's a slow climb. I yeah. mean, some some big cities are already there. Like, yeah. I mean, like yes, like it it it's a complicated topic. In that yes, like it obviously small businesses and some businesses would be at risk, but at the same time without getting too political like you have a federal minimum wage of seven dollars 25 cents where if you look at you know the past and inflation like Mm -hmm. the it's far outpaced what the actual minimum wage is now so Mm -hmm. you know the um, cost of living is is really the best argument against and it varies to see obviously 15 dollars you know goes you know 15 dollars an hour you could live very well on that in a in a small town whereas in a bigger city you know, you may be able to just get by. So, mm-hmm. but you know, but still, still better than half of that in that same big city. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean seven seven dollars an hour in a place like. Well, I mean, I think I think at this point, like Seattle and LA and New York, I think all have. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Well, I know that's something I recently, you know, Washington D.C. was like, where I guess minimum wage is fifteen dollars an hour too. About like. People talk about like how prices are going to spike. But it's like Taco Bell, mm-hmm. like the 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 some burrito is like four dollars or whatever, which is more than other places. But it's like it's not like right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. The the so. joke that the conservatives or some conservatives will throw around is like fifteen dollars minimum wage. Get ready, get ready to pay thirty five dollars for a Big Mac, and it's like that's not not how it fucking works. But okay, yeah. like is is that your idea of a joke? Because it's not funny. Like it's just it's it's too exaggerated to be funny. That it just it comes off as like stupid. Anyway, uh, yeah. <clears throat> People <laughs> shouldn't. I mean, but the notion that you have to work, you know, forty hours a week and well, no, I say multiple like multiple uh, multiple full time jobs just yeah. to make ends meet is. I mean, well, they just need to pull their bootstraps up more That's if they have it already. Yeah, I don't know the idea of like. Uh, I mean, I've been thankful that I've never had to work two jobs, like two paying jobs. Like I've worked, you know, retail and, and done like freelance work and stuff. And so I guess that is working two jobs, which in a way is kind of like my sucker. I'm a sucker for that because I wasn't even getting paid to do the freelance stuff. But it's that, the idea that you have to work two jobs 40 hours a week at each or something like that. 
just to 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 break even is a problem. It's not something that should be um, celebrated. It's like uh, when the, um, the, you'll see those articles that are like quote unquote heartwarming because it's like. Uh, a eight-year-old student raised money at a drive so he could pay all school lunches and it's like that's not heartwarming that's horrible that a kid had to do that like spend his free time raising money to pay for poor kids lunch that's not good yeah. that's i mean it's good that he did that but it's shitty that it is a situation he had to do that the one i just read was like girl basically uses her savings for college to pay for her mom's like cancer treatments or something like that mm-hmm. yeah it's the same as like, uh, well, not the same, but similar to the whole. I, I feel like that's it's it's lessened now, but the whole GameStop stuff that was happening like a couple weeks ago, like people uh, was it Wall Street bets or whatever that Reddit was, um, were basically playing the stock market against the stock market, and uh, the stories that I saw coming out about it were like, weren't weren't people being like super greedy with it? They were like. Oh yeah, I had an emergency vet bill of like forty eight hundred dollars, so I just got my money, got in, and got out. Like they could have been super. And I'm not saying across the board it wasn't people being greedy, but like the couple of stories I saw, I was like, oh, that's actually super nice. Like they could have easily gamed the system, no pun intended, and they didn't. They just kind of got it. Like one was like, uh, I think their his mom and his sister had like had needed to get like lymphoma treatments, and it was like a sixty six thousand dollar debt they were going to be in, and he was able to get in, play the system, and get out. And he was like, thanks, guys. Thanks for helping me out. Whether that's true or not, because it is on the internet, I don't really know. But I don't know. It's it's a nice idea that someone, if it is true, and I hope that it is, like, it's nice that they were. But they're taking money from the hedge funds. Oh, no. Those fucking shit assholes that we don't need them. Uh, fuck them. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. No, fuck them. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. What else? <laughs> Oh boy! So getting more and more into uh, playing the dodgery old old lady who's just ready to ransack New York City. Uh, meanwhile, in Jack's office, we're greeted with uh, Steve Buscemi. So you got mugged, huh, Mr. Donaghy? And you caught the guy who did it. Good for you. Oh no, Len. Uh, Tracy is helping me with this. But I can see how you went there. I have a criminal skull shape. Len, Commissioner Kelly and I are friends. We have competing columns in Irish Arguments Weekly, America's Only, All Caps Magazine. But Ray hasn't returned my phone call, and I know that you were once a uh, police officer. I was part of a special task force of very young-looking cops who infiltrated high schools. How do you do, fellow kids? What? So I'm glad you called me, Mr. Donaghy. I checked with my contacts on the force and got you this free pamphlet. Len. I don't want a pamphlet. I want a show of force, a demonstration of who's in control of this city. I want a cop on every corner. Look, that's not going to happen. It's just one mugging. Wait a second. Where did you get that suit? I'm not embarrassed. I get all my outfits at Ann Taylor Loft. Their clothes fit my body and my budget. Exactly. Budget. You have no interest in helping me. You're one of them. What do you make? Five figures? Forty grand a year. But don't let the woman who's blackmailing me know that. And the police have no interest in helping me either. Despite the hundreds of dollars I pay every year in taxes, they think that I'm the enemy. And we have no choice but to take matters into our own hands. I agree. You do? Oh, no! <laughs> oh, Jack's the victim, even though he only pays hundreds of dollars in years in taxes. He has a very good accountant. Well, not good enough, though, if he's paying any taxes. That's I mean, true. He should That's be sheltering true. them in the Caymans or something. Yeah. That's a good Simpsons joke where 
I think uh, there, there's some reason, but the the main, I guess you could say, villain of the show is Mr. Burns, and um, some storyline sets up of, of why he's. They talk about his taxes, and he's like, uh, his assistant's like, "Yeah, we got you to pay that. You were down. You only pay like two dollars a year in taxes." Like, oh, I'm getting scammed. And it's like, it's like, good lord, what a funny joke, horrible funny joke, because you know people take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought the Ann Taylor Loft joke was well, just a joke, but now I'm wondering, like, given all the product placement in the rest of the episode, like, if that was product placement too, you know? Uh, I was thinking Lane Bryant. Lane Bryant is the strictly Lane Bryant is plus. Is, I think is plus, plus size. size yeah. yeah, Ann Taylor is. I think just yeah, it's more general. Um, Who's Ann Taylor? Is she just a designer, or is she like a? I guess so. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's like a chain of. I don't know. I would think like middle upper middle class like mm-hmm. professional women. I think uh, mostly like wearing that sort of that's kind of. Oh, stuff, it is so. strictly a female. Yeah, uh, so I believe the so. Joke, the joke is he's wearing right. So right. So that was a joke. But then, but then I was wondering because I mean they say he says the last line about like it fits my body and my budget. Like that sounds right. like a marketing line. So I was like, wait a second, was right. that like? But that also could be the joke is that yeah he's just saying the the catchphrase or the tagline. Yeah, I mean it could go either way. I like if it hadn't been for all the Bed Bath Beyond and. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I can't think of now, Costco right. stuff later on, like then I wouldn't have even thought about it. But yeah, that's why I was just curious. Um, yeah, I'm, really, I'm pretty sure it's just women's stuff. Also, like the joke uh, that there's a magazine, the Irish magazine, and it's all all like it's the only all caps. Like that sounds like a nightmare to read. Just all caps, anything. Because you just, I mean, you just lose like emphasis at that point. After a while, it just all blurs. Because like, you, when are you being? Outrage and what are you? I like sincere? reading things where it feels like people are, are shouting at me the whole time. I guess. Who knows <laughs> if you like that? While Liz is still reaping the benefits of taking advantage of people by acting wild, Paul's home. Well, acting wild, just acting. Uh, well, I mean, what do you just? I don't know. Being why don't like I go too generate? I, just, I mean, just like an old lady who's like gross and rude and i don't know i guess yeah acting like the stereotypical new yorker yeah he doesn't care about anything yeah well hello sexy hello paul i'm wearing an edible nightgown it's breadstick flavor and it comes with a dipping sauce oh oh you poor thing you must be so tired oh no no no, not at all i have been thinking about this night for a long time oh uh oh yawns are contagious like all the Thai STDs my penis is about to give you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, give me five minutes, and then I'll unpack the sex monkey I bought in Jakarta. Mm-hmm. What? What happened last night? We talked for a while, and then we fell asleep. Without doing anything. How is that possible? We're Jenna and Paul. Did we mix up our days and accidentally both roofie each other? Or did we just fall asleep? What, like some boring normal sitcom couple? Like Mr. Brady and Tiger the dog? Let's just think. We hate normal. Normal is death. But we didn't hate last night. So it must not have been normal. Paul, I think we just found another level of sexuality. It's a whole new fetish called Normaling. Normaling. So last night I napped on you, and you liked it, you sick 
bitch. Oh, yeah. And I put that afghan all over you because I thought your feet might get chilly. So chilly. Oh, I just had the sickest idea. We go out as a couple to Bed Bath & Beyond and shop for home necessities in front of everybody. Normaling in public? You delicious whore. <gasps> Paul's back. When's the last time we saw him? It's been a little while, right? We've heard mention of him a couple of times, but it's been like a few episodes since we've seen him. Yes, it has. Has he been in this season? He has been in this season, right? So I'm trying to remember. Like, I feel like I haven't been keeping up super well with the relationship. I remember the end of the last season. I was like, oh no, they're still together, but it turns out they had broken up, and then they got back together at the beginning of this season, I think. Uh, it looks like Respawn was the last one he was in. Oh yeah, so that was the season five finale. So this is, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, so this is this is his first appearance of the season, yeah. Yeah, but not his first mention, because he was mentioned in the last couple of episodes, like, where he's been. So that's good. I like Paul. I like Will Forte. I think he's a fun character. Uh, but in Tracy's dressing room, uh, he and Jack are doing their best to solve the crime problem that's affecting Jack and other rich people. Uh, and apparently, I guess Family Guy ended up stealing this joke. Later on, I'll explain in a bit. Really, Trump? My idea is stupid? Well, you make your hair every morning by sticking your head in a cotton candy machine. What are you guys doing? The police can't be counted on to protect the rich unless they're rich, too. So we're gathering support for a private police department where the starting salary is $5 million a year. How's that going? Slowly. Even Tommy Hilfiger turned me down, and you'd think that he, of all people, would understand how quickly the lower classes can ruin something. Mexico Bursar's caller idea poorly thought out, then hung up by shooting his own phone. This is a travesty. The wealthy were once the heart of New York. I just don't understand the city anymore. It's funny. Because I may have just figured it out. Me gusto la musica mariachi. Manzana esta loca. <laughs> I used to be like you, thinking I could make the city follow my rules. I told off line cutters and movie theater talkers. And for what? Did anyone cheer me or name a sandwich after me that would maybe be turkey pastrami, Swiss, Russian dressing, coleslaw, and potato chips? You can't count on anyone else in this city, Jack. All you can do is sink down into the filth. <clears throat> or rise above it. If no one will help me, I'll do it myself. I'll remind New York of what she once was. Yes, a Native American paradise. The greatest city on Earth. A city that needs a leader who still believes in order and justice. Who'll shine a light into all the tunnels and police the police. Who'll make this city into a beacon. Lighting the way for an entire nation. Anywho, Tracy in the dog boner sketch. I hereby officially announce my candidacy for the office of mayor of the city of New York. Vote for Jack Donaghy. Slogan to come. Twist. Uh, that was a rude joke about Tommy Hilfiger, about the knowing what the lower classes can do to your brand. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was funny because, like, Tracy, like, turns around. Like, <laughs> yeah. I thought, oh, he's going to say something. I was like, no, of course Tracy's not going to say anything. He's outraged about something else that doesn't matter. Yep. <sighs> what was the family guy joke? Oh, or the joke the family guy stole? Well, I, that might be a little too mean because I'm sure even 30 Arc wasn't the first person to make the joke about Trump using a cotton candy machine ah. to style his hair. But 
there's a joke uh, from, I guess it'd be a couple of years now, uh, Family Guy did the same thing where Peter gets a job at the White House while Trump's in office, and just as he's about to meet him, he says, oh, uh, he's with Ivanka, and she's like, oh yeah, he's just getting touched up, he's getting his hair done. And they show him, like, just someone dunks his head in a cotton candy machine, and pulls his head up, and ta-da! Uh, so, probably not the, even, even again, probably by 30 Rock, probably wasn't the first person to make the joke, but... No one ever made a Donald Trump hair joke before no, 30 Rock. No, they were the first. I mean, how could you? His hair is immaculate. That's until true. The last it's very expensive. Very. It's the most expensive. Oh, I don't even, oh, want, to dear. Do I don't even want to do an impression. But anyway. So, Jenna and Paul are at Bed Bath & Beyond, neither one of them climaxing, which somehow hmm. is even more of a turn-on. Um, well, there's so many towels everywhere. Yeah. Music's too not. Raps. Uh, back in Jack's office, Tracy makes a startling discovery about Jack. Good news for your campaign, J.D. I got a huge list of voter names. Do you know anyone who wants to be called Daryl Weenus? I just registered the domain name for my campaign website. Jack Donaghy is running for mayor 2013 New York. This is the website.com. That's as close as I could get. Everything else was already pornography. I got everything on your list, Mr. Donaghy. Fresh undershirts from Vatanay, 18-year-old scotch for your bar, and just for fun, I also got you these goofy water balloons my mom's friend Ron used to always send me out to buy. Thank you, Kevin. I know they're condoms. All right, Tracy, let's buckle down. Now that I've restocked, we never have to leave this office. Hang on, have you not left this building since you were mugged? What? Uh, no, I've been very busy. What about your daughter? Liddy is at a baby leadership conference this week. The timing is perfect. I know what you're doing. The first time I got mugged, I didn't leave my room for a week. I hid, but not in a tuxedo. All I had was a Chewbacca costume made out of used hair extensions. It made me feel invincible, like someone who wouldn't get scared and freeze up when they got mugged. Perfectly executed Chewbacca sounds! That's why you won't take off that tuxedo. That's why you're running for mayor. And that's why you won't go outside. You're scared. The only thing I'm scared of is what's happening to this city. Then I'm going to say to you what I say to all my sharks right before they die. Let's go outside. Oh, I love that little Chewbacca joke. It's so funny. A perfectly accurate Chewbacca sound. <sighs> I mean... For being a bunch of hair extensions pulled together, it did look it pretty looked, convincing. It does look really good. Um, I don't. I I wonder if if how he got those because I feel like no woman would want to wear that mixture of color of hair extensions or person rather would want to wear that color because they they're all like mixture of gray, brown turning gray. Like was it not? So I'm I'm curious how he got them. Like did he buy them like that? They were did on the ground. At the like, park. I don't know. I don't, just, it, again, it's a joke that asks a lot of questions. With no I mean, since they were used, I would be probably just lying around yeah, in public. Yeah, they probably just like found extensions. Yeah. Um, but of course, I think the best... I, my, my funniest joke of this episode uh, is the Kenneth line of thinking they're water balloons and then for what... Just like why he says it then as he's like leaving the room, he stops and like looks off to someone, I guess to himself, to say... I know they're condoms. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> Trying to keep up his facade of innocence. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, the joke also could have worked if he just, like, said it still walking, like, head down. Yeah. But the fact that he stops, looks to the side at nothing, and still needs to, to say it. It's such a funny delivery. It's so good. Uh, but poor Jack. He just, he, he 
he wants to look so brave. He wants to be the hero, but he's stuck inside his office. He's too afraid to go outside the world again. Also, that joke about the last thing I say to my sharks is let's go outside. How many sharks have you killed, Tracy? Too many. One is too many, I think. So Jenna's enjoying her new life of normalcy, but also has to reassure Liz that she has a million friends. She has way more friends than Liz will ever have. Oh, Jenna, I have a friend. Yeah, well, I have a million friends. I get so many birthday cards, it's embarrassing. No, I have a friend who wants to freak out some New Yorkers, and I know you and Paul disgust everyone. Oh, he and I are on a whole new level. This morning, Paul and I signed up for Zipcar. Now it's easier to get to Costco to stock up on cereal. Lee, I need the old lady wig again. Oh, and get me that coat that Tracy's dog gave birth on. A Costco run, huh? You sound like me and Paula. No, Pete, you don't understand. This is normaling. It's a weird sex thing. Paul and I do things like reboot the internet and discuss whether the chair would be better. Over by the window where there's more light? Yeah, that, that's not a sex thing. That's just couple stuff. Hey, you and Paul should come by the house sometime. We'll have dinner, play categories. No, that's not what this is. You get away from me! So Jenna's outfit in that scene is another subtle joke, like... Basically, it, or, I mean, it, she's dressing very. Actually, I don't know if that is Ann Taylor Loft, but it might as well be. So, like, that's the sort of like outfit you would get, like, right. sort of just like I don't know, like not like it's definitely not what she usually wears, no. and it's not like quite like work attire, but it's just like I don't know it's someone who like it's nice, but and like you could tell mm-hmm. someone's wearing is like well to do, I guess. But like it's very right. normal. Like it's like one of those mannequins, like you would see it on a mannequin trying to like it's an outfit you would see like on a mannequin. Well, yeah, as but like I mean, a, more like a, on, like, I don't know, if you just think of, like, any, like, I, I don't know, like, 40, 50-something, yeah. like, kind of, like, just, like, a very well-dressed, like, right. well-groomed-looking woman, like, that's the sort yeah. of thing she would, I don't know. Yeah, very, tone, like, subdued for Jenna's character. Yeah, very. Yeah. But very in on the new normalcy. Oh, of, yeah, uh, she's, yeah. Kick. Yeah, she's loving it. Uh but it's, all, it's kind of weird for Pete to suggest them hanging out because, I mean, ordinarily he would not want anything to do with anyone outside of work. But I guess maybe he's desperate for, for friendship now. And he wants it even from... Well, he, he, from he's just Paul. he's doing normal couple of activities with them because he is normal. Yeah, like categories. Like categories. exactly. <laughs> so Liz has fully embraced her... Uh, villainous look um she's i mean at this point she looks like the joker especially heath ledger's joker uh just full-on gnarly wig and lipstick smeared just not subtle at all um but she does have a run-in with jack which how is this set up like why does she run into him and then leave like so they can do the homage yeah this is such a clunky scene but it's for the jokes. It's, it's for the jokes. That, again, if you haven't got it, it's a Batman joke. Well, well, well. If it isn't the tuxedo himself. Shouldn't you be outside fixing the city? Well, you look even closer to death than usual. What happened to you? Are you scared? The back of the B-train certainly was. 
I had the whole car to myself. So this is you figuring out New York? Making the city worse for your own selfish ends? <coughs> is that your gym bag? Aren't you a human woman? It's these new microfibers. They keep you dry. But it all has to go somewhere. So, today a subway car. Tomorrow what? All in good time, Jack. Will you take something for that cough already? I'd rather see if it gets better on its own. Do you want me to go on my antibiotic rant? It's endless. You'll beg for death. There's a war going on out there. And you're gonna have to pick a side. I've always wanted to say that, and I can't believe I've wasted it on you. <laughs> Cross the line, Lemon. Someone's gonna stop you. New York is gonna stop you. The old Liz would have agreed with you. But that was two days ago. Now, I don't cross lines. I just make them disappear. <coughs> so there are times throughout this episode when Liz is doing like her coffee choky voice that, I mean, enough times that scene you can tell, I guess it's Tina Fey doing the whole way through, but for some points I wondered, like it almost sounded like Rachel Dratch to me. Uh-huh. I was like, is Rachel Dratch doing like her Joker voice? And like in that uh-huh. scene, like for most of you can tell it is Tina Fey, but it's like, because there are a couple times on the episode, like especially when she's doing her coughing stuff, where like it sounds like hmm. Rachel Dratch. And I don't think it, like if it is, she's not credited or anything. And yeah. I mean, some of those lines, even when it is coughing, like it does close like Tina Fey. I just like at first earlier on, I was like, wait a second. Like, because that actually would have been kind of cool if it was like, if if you had someone else doing the, her quote-unquote Joker yeah, voice. like dubbing it in. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think that is the case. It just, no. at a couple parts, it just sounds yeah. like it to me. Uh, but yeah, that's like, uh, that. I think that that scene in particular is kind of why I, I'm I'm kind of down on this episode because it, it, there's no reason for it other than it, for it to be an homage to Batman, especially the Nolan verse Batman. So it's like the the setup of the scene is Jack is kneeling on the set in like a pseudo like rooftop scene and then Liz just enters and is like well 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 and then it's like why was she running into him it wasn't like he was in her way like she went out of her way to find him to talk to him have these have this scene he's just there for no real like it's just it's such a clunky scene that it's just like I mean, okay, however you need to do your Batman homage, but I feel like the I feel like the writers could have done a lot better in setting that up. Like have them meet outside, which they end up doing in, at the end. Like why not have it then as opposed to in this weird not like weird setup. I don't know. Anyway, um but I guess that gives us an excuse to well, probably gives me because I, I doubt I already know the answer to this question, but you how many Batman Nolan verse movies have you seen? Why zero? What a surprise! I mean, there's only two, right? No, wow, ignorant. Two much? Nolan Batman there's movies. Three Nolan Batman. Movies. There is. Yep. There's the what? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Rises. And you're forgetting the one that started it all. Batman Begins. Oh. Which is the namesake for this episode? Batman Begins is not the name of this episode. Well, this because episode's called the Tuxedo Begins. Oh. Yeah, you're getting Good it. Good job, Thirty Rock. I see what you did there. Wow. Anyway, well, I'll try and keep it brief because I feel like it's going to be a one-sided, not even conversation. Anyway, like, uh, so obviously, 
the uh, at this time Dark Knight Rises was on its that's 2012 so that hadn't come out yet but it was definitely in the hype train of, of coming out because 2006 was Batman Begins and Dark Knight was 2008 right 2010 I don't know but it was I an Oscar winner you should know these dates it, that is true Dark Knight 2008 Dark Knight Rises 2012 yeah yeah, and Bart Batman Begins was 2006. Bart Batman Begins, Batman Begins was... which I, is an episode of Simpsons. I'm pretty sure. 2005. Ah, fuck. So close. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly that's the the previous scene is is this supposed to be the standoff of Batman and the Joker from Dark Knight. Obviously, it's not 100% accurate or anything like that. But there's, I mean, there's some nice touches. Like, Liz does have, like, a, a, a green like sweater and then like a purple jacket on so it's like it's invoking a joker visual so like there's some nice touch and then there's like a really brief moment when jack like turns around as she's leaving and then a pseudo cape flaps behind him and then it cuts to liz and she's like bewildered and it cuts back and the cape is gone so it's like a weird it's supposed to be him rising kind of thing but it's a just it's like a one-off joke um, that you can miss you can miss if you're not paying attention um but anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I, I just feel like you would have watched The Dark Knight given that it was an Oscar winner. I sure did and not. I mean, I think you'd like it. There's, I haven't seen most or any superhero no, movies, maybe. No, that's, that's fine. Uh, I, just, I mean, Dark Knight, I feel like, is especially the Nolan movies, were that very good uh, walk in the line of, like, for casuals and for, like, comic book fans. So, like... I take that back. I saw the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. Two, were there more? If not, if there was oh more God. than two, <laughs> I think I've seen two Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. Uh, yeah, there were three Tobey Maguire. Oh uh, well, then the second. I think the second one, which probably the last one, I saw. Have I seen a superhero movie since then? Surely, I think you'd like Thor Ragnarok. I was gonna say I because that's Taika Waititi. I did see like. 10 minutes of Thor Ragnarok while you were watching in the background like while you were watching it it seemed funny no I think you'd like that one because I mean it's 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 Taika Waititi who's just fantastic at comedy and even though it is a superhero story like you don't really need to know anything about it it's kind of like it's 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 almost like a standalone story that you don't need to watch 20 other films before understanding it uh, and it's just it's 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 I think probably one of the best Marvel films out there like amongst the whole heap just because it's one it's perfect for casual viewers two it's just got fantastic comedy in it and three it's Taika Waititi who doesn't like him he's fantastic at everything he's done so far uh, but yeah um last thing I'll say and then we'll move on is uh I feel like Alec Baldwin had to be close to be Batman back in the 80s given that Mm. It was Tim Burton that directed the first two Batmans, Batman and Batman Returns. And Alec Baldwin had been in Beetlejuice previously, which was another Tim Burton thing. But I guess Michael Keaton won. Oh, obviously Michael Keaton won out. But I wonder if Alec Baldwin had to be in the running for it. I bet he, yeah, he was at least in Just because, the... you know, familiarity. And I mean, at that time, he would have been in shape to be a late 80s, early 90s superhero body type. He would have he worked for it. But it's okay. Because Alec Baldwin got to be the Shadow in 1994. And he's set to play Thomas Wayne. Oh, that's right. He was... At least as of August 2018. 
Yeah, I think there were rumors he was supposed to be Bruce Wayne's dad. He would have been he would have been perfect for the Joker to be Bruce Wayne's dad. Even though the guy was only in a couple of scenes, so maybe he wanted to pass on something. Oh, in a couple of I scenes see. Now. Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I see now. What? Where it says almost immediately after he was announced as Thomas Wayne, he pulled out of the role. <gasps> yeah, probably. Probably wasn't enough of a scene stealing moment for him. I don't know. Well, here's another piece of trivia that just pulled up. In the 1989 Batman, the. Reitman, I guess the, the director wanted to cast Bill Murray as Batman and Eddie Murphy as Robin. Reitman? I think he was producer because Burton directed it, didn't he? Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. So it was, you're right. That was Tim Burton. Reitman would be Ivan Reitman. Oh, he's a producer. Director, producer, and okay. screenwriter. Yeah. Anyway, that. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so Eddie Murphy was going to be a Robin, and then I think. There was a time before Chris O'Donnell was going to be Robin that I think they were going to do Marlon Wayans as Robin in the mid-90s. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, that could have just been like a rumor that just got more hype than it, than, uh, than it was supposed to kind of thing. But, yeah. That, that, that series took a weird turn when um, Jerry Bruckheimer got... Not Jerry Bruckheimer, who am I thinking of? Um his name Joel oh my god who did Batman and Robin <laughs> Joel something like he's Kinemaker no he's he's a very famed like he made it super super gay like super gay and super campy Joel, Joel Schumacher, Schumacher. Yeah, oh I was yeah, yeah. close yeah um, yeah I mean there the homoeroticism in that movie is like not even subtle like there's literally bat nipples on the suit. Oh, goodness. And there's multiple instances of like them changing into their outfits where it's just full-on butt and crotch shots. My like not, No subtlety to it at all. So, hey, it helped a, a burgeoning generation of homosexuals. So, thank you, Joel Schumacher. Hooray. He did the Phantom of the Opera. He directed the Phantom of the Opera movie in 2004. Good for him. The Lost, Lost Boys? He did The Lost Boys? Apparently he was oh. the director of that. So That's a good movie. And The Incredible Shrinking Woman. That was his debut. As director? Or was he As director, Was he a producer on... Or was a he was he a was writer on, on The Wiz? Apparently. Good for him. You go, Joe Schumacher. What's he done recently? He has not done anything since 2011, um, which was a movie called Trespass. That's it. I guess he's not he, doing He's anything. still alive, right? Uh, I feel really bad. No, he died in June 2020. There we go. Oops. <laughs> that explains it. Yikes. Sorry, Joel Schumacher. Your legacy lives on. So, Paul and Jenna have a decision to make about whether they continue this normal route in their love life or something else. Hey, hon. I got your G chat. Two exclamation points, huh? What's up? Paul, what if normaling isn't a fetish? What if we're just in another phase of our relationship and we're kind of settling down? That's what one of my work colleagues said. That's just couple stuff. You know what? You and Jenna should come visit me and my wife in Montclair. But if Daryl Weenus is right, if we're just a couple, why don't we hate it? I don't know. I always imagined this kind of thing would make me want to tear my hair out and rip my skin off. But with you, it feels as natural as... Having someone tear your hair out and rip your skin off. I never thought this would happen to me, but I can actually imagine myself getting married, having kids. But... 
Is this really what we want? I don't know. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Okay, we'll both say what we're thinking on the count of three. One, two... Sexual walkabout. We, we spend, spend the next three months alone doing every depraved thing we can think of with as many people as we can. And if this, right now, is still the happiest we can make ourselves, we'll stay together forever. Jim and Paul are really good at that, reading each other's mind and knowing exactly how to answer and answering simultaneously. They've done it before. So. Well, I mean, he, he makes a living each, as uh, her, so he it's had, yep. must be inside her head all the time. Yeah. I love that throwback joke, too, of Daryl Weenus, because that's what Tracy comes oh. in is like, would you want someone on your political party named Daryl Weenus? <laughs> <laughs> but also, I love what they do with Paul's character, and they've been doing it since the beginning, is they've presented a subset of subset or subset subset probably subset of the cross-dressing community or the the drag community and they don't make them punchlines, but they subvert all of that like when they do the cutaway there to daryl weenus he's not you know a flamboyant drag queen or anything he's like oh you know you should come to montclair with me and my wife like you think he's going to say something incredibly outrageous. But it's like, no, they like they also have, like, what you would, you know, relative normal lives. So well, it's like they're subverting the whole joke yeah. of, like, you know, come do blow with me and this person under a stairwell. Like, no, like, let's just, let's go hang out and have brunch or something. Like, it's like it's subverting all of the expectations you think they're going to make about drag. Or well, also, he's not movies. performing. They're just, like, in the back break or whatever right. so they're just having I mean it's like any right. work break I guess but I mean like you cut to a scene where it's like super bright and right. flashy they're all in drag and you think there's going to be like a big funny joke about they're going to do something wild it's like no just come the joke is yeah, there's no the joke lake house or something like it, I like that I like how they're presenting that community they're not punchlines they're the, the joke is that they're subverting all of those it's nice yeah. good job you got one thing right Tina Fey just one thing just one in your whole career just one thing in your just that career. just it sorry you had multiple chances so all right so we're nearing the finale the tuxedo is on the streets but so is liz and she's acting to the rafters as being the the, the constant new york problem next stop Dinner and a private show. Gym bag, check. Tupperware vat of steamed broccoli, check. Talking to myself to seem crazy, woohoo. Wallet? No, not now. Not when I'm so close. Not enough time! Skied Mount St. Helens, made eye contact with Michelle Bachman, been trapped under a boulder for 128 hours. You're not scared of anything. Give me $20! Ah! Lemon! Oh, 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 my tailbone! I just wanted to borrow movie money! You caught that lunatic that's been terrorizing the subway! The worst criminal in NYC. Oh my God, are you okay? That was awesome. You were so fast and strong. Thank you, Lemmy. You're the only woman I could ever fight to regain my manhood. They're cheering you for stopping me. Old Liz was right. People do want rules. There's good in all of us, Lemmy. 
even you. So, are you still running for mayor? The city no longer needs me. But now. I'll never forget the first time you dressed up like an old lady and I threw you into some garbage. New York City. Villains and heroes. The 1% and the 99. Eight million people in this crazy, beautiful city. And I, Jenna Maroney, am going to go to town on every last one of them. Alright, so that's uh, Tuxedo Begins. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, part of me thinks this is like a hurried ending. Like, the buildup of Jack facing his fears and Liz, like, playing out her plan just kind of, like, hurriedly gets there. Yeah, um, that's true, because it's like the scene before with when Jack and Liz have their confrontation, like seems like it's building up something, but it's like the climax is really is right. It's really this is the next scene from that, so it yeah. is kind of a quick um, climax. But yeah, um, I don't know. But part of me also thinks like, well, we we get to see the the young lady that get off the bus to be the prostitute. She's returning, so she, she looks like she's doing well. She's already she seems like she's got a corner, so good for her. But also the Mets mascot is there for some reason. The Statue of Liberty Statue to get pictures with the tourists. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Part of me thinks like if that's happening in New York, none of those people are stopping. They're just gonna like, you know, if anything, like go out of their way to not look, um, because it's none of their business and it's not their problem. But anyway, but it helps reinforce Liz's idea that people are good and people like rules. So I'll forgive it and I'll allow it. So there's also one of Jackson's there seems quite you nailed. Know, it talks about looking Michelle Bachman straight in the eyes. And I don't know if you remember her, but she was one of kind of the kind of Sarah Palin era political figures who was like very similar and like kind of, I don't know, very like, well, very religious conservative, but like her thing was like, people would like say that like she had crazy eyes or whatever. So, mm-hmm. but it's just funny. Cause like, I don't know. The name sounds familiar. I mean, I feel like her type of politician is much more au courant now that it's just become more mainstream mm-hmm. to be like that kind of like publicly like I don't know um uh, what word am I looking for flamboyant mm. yeah because I think most conservatives now are pretty subdued right well I mean I, I mean I say I guess like this the sort of like the Sarah Palin stuff is, is become yeah. very mainstream now so it's like but back then like it was more like they were just like the butter jokes mm-hmm. and like Michelle yeah. Bach, she I think she was she was a congresswoman from like Minnesota or something so she wasn't like as powerful or prominent but it was just like I don't know like it, that was kind of the era when people were still just like mostly just they were they were very fringe in in mm-hmm. terms of is that the two representations like most women have for like most political seats is you're either like a almost parody like a Sarah Palin or you're like a joke like Sarah Palin and Michelle Bachman not that they are jokes but you know what I mean like they were sort of like punchlines or you have like seemingly the total opposite where you have like AOC and like uh, what's what's that group the squad the squad like where they're so far left that they're considered like fringe politicians or they're like 
too feminist to be taken seriously. But then you have like the other side there with Sarah Palin and Michelle Bachman where they don't get taken seriously because they come off as like cartoons. So it's like, is that the two representations that like women have in politics? I don't think so. I mean, you have the sort of the more middle of the road, like Hillary Clinton, like Kamala Harris type. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're not, I mean, I don't think people would say they're fringy in any direction. Well, I guess not. But I guess like, okay, so there's like three representations then, really. For like women to look up to you're either in the middle you're like considered fringe on left or right depending on i'm just i'm just trying Maybe. to look at it like if i'm know. like a young lady wanting to get into politics and you obviously you have to fit some sort I mean, of i don't know like, like nancy like, pelosi is like what she's the speaker of the house but like i mean i was unless you put her more middle of the road i, I put guess her but, middle of the road. yeah I, know, I mean but elizabeth warren like i mean She's more closer to the Bernie wing than the yeah, well, I'm saying, center, she but, she's, on, but she's but she but she's not but she's not like but she's not deriving the same way that like AOC maybe because she's white and well, all the other are all I think she's white and she's a little bit older so people yeah. and she's only sort of been a little bit more outspoken in the last few years I think if, if a lot of her career had been like that well I mean she was a I mean she didn't become a politician until relatively recently like she right. was a professor and yeah. did more public work for. Yeah. Well, not that governments and public work, but you know what I mean, like for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Anywho. How did that start? Anyway. Look at me, Michelle Bachman. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to end, the, to end the episode, Jenna gives another sort of Batman-esque monologue, uh, sort of like a sweep of the city and then just narration. Um, there's a great visual joke of her and Paul. I guess he's leaving. He'll be back for Sweep Sweep. I know he comes back for the live episode, but he might be back before then. But um, where they say goodbye and he puts on a gigantic bright pink wig and then just starts booking it away from the camera. And I missed it the first time we were watching this. I only caught it while recording, but he's like completely nude. <laughs> so he just starts booking it and they're both like in smiles and she's loving it. And it's just, it's such a funny, funny visual. Cause like everyone that he's running past is obviously like jumping out of the way, terrified. A straight guy. <laughs> Oh, anyway, uh, final thoughts on the tuxedo begin before we say adieu. I have now seen a Batman movie. No, this isn't. No. It's, no. I think you would like The Dark Knight. Probably. I, I, I feel like, like most movies I wouldn't like dislike. I just haven't ever yeah. sought them out. I just think like it's, it's, it's a superhero movie second. It's a character driven piece first like it really isn't even about batman it's about joker it's about heath ledger's character far more than it is any batman uh, and there's a fantastic scene like the like when they introduce the joker like and he's introducing himself to like all the mobsters like i, I watch it every now and again like every few months i'll just like it'll come up in my youtube mentions or something and i'll watch it and i'm like man so good because it's like there's a moment when he uh, like he's explaining his plan and someone says something to him and like it's such a great delivery of like he's like licking his lips and he's like he doesn't want to break his train of thought but he's like okay I've got to I've got to stop myself and I've got to I've got to call you out on that because I think they saw it like it's like you're crazy and obviously that's like a trigger for him so he's like oh I'm not gonna let that go but I'm also not gonna go off the handle just yet but it's such a fantastic delivery it's so it's such, at least watch that scene and if that doesn't pull you into watch the movie. I'll shut up, but it's such a great scene. Uh, and anyway, I don't need to hype The Dark Knight. I mean, it's it's that, one of the that obscure cult yeah, classic. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, I do. I I try to watch it at least once a year. I need to. I think I missed last year. I need to watch it again. Yeah, I have to watch it twice. 
I'm not make up for it. That's okay. It's a good film. It's worth rewatching twice in a year. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts? Let's hop out. Let's hop out. All right. Well, as always, if you like what we're doing, rating, reviewing, and all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you in next week's episode, episode 112, season 6, episode 9, entitled Leap Day, wherein everyone tries to get Liz into the spirit of Leap Day. Liz and Jenna are fighting over an internet billionaire, and Jack has a major financial setback, and Tracy tries to spend a Benihana gift card before it expires. Also, Jim Carrey plays Leap Day William in a cameo, which is, at that time, sort of out of character for Jim Carrey. But anyway, definitely another one of those study rock episodes. Like, I remember it, and I think it's one of those, this is a this is a real-life cartoon, so we'll have to see. David, take us out. See you next time. I also got you these goofy water balloons my mom's friend Ron used to always send me out to buy. Thank you, Kevin. I know they're condoms. <laughs>